Hello there. So far, the football championship has given us lots to chat about. And now it's time to see what Hurling has in store. And the game is over. Limerick have done the three in a row. Just the fourth county in GA history to do the three in a row in Hurling. They've gone through three championships without losing a game. The green machine rolls on. It's King John's Castle in Crow Park. Plenty of trills and spills in the football provincial so far. Let's hope for more of the same when Munster and Leinster hurling competitions start this weekend. Former Galway hurling and Roscommon football manager Anthony Cunningham joins us. Former hurler of the year Garrod Hegarty is also with us. And so too is Gaelic Players Association CEO Tom Parsons. They're all on the championship tonight. Now, delighted to welcome one of the GEA's top managers to the show. Anthony Cunningham is with us. Anthony, how are you? I'm good now. Uh, looking forward to the championship. Just yeah. mega amount of games this weekend. Do you miss inter-county management? Uh, you were immersed in it from a coaching sense and from a managerial sense. And I know you're involved with Port Arlington now at club level and you have been involved at that level for many, many years. But do you miss inter-county, Anthony? I look at it. I, I had a great innings, and I I'm still involved in, in that. I'm gone two or three nights a week. <laughs> so I think club uh, training and and club activity now is probably gone ramped up several levels, and from from what it was ten years ago. So there is a lot of work even at club level. So I I don't I don't I'm busy. I I don't I enjoy doing it at at that level. It's it's preseason into leagues and that. So, mm. um, but you know you would miss the day of a big day in the Hyde or a big day in Turles or you know wherever. Um, you know, but there. It, there's a huge amount of work that goes into just before you get to those matches. So I don't miss the, the, the long, cold winter nights, to be honest. Uh, how much had it changed from when you first took over with the Galway senior hurlers compared to when you stood down uh, last year as Ross Common senior football manager? Uh, I think demands on time probably increased and there's probably more expected on what you do outside training sessions. I, I would still say, you know, most inter-county teams on a pitch sessions um, where you go and gather in one location, you know, hasn't increased from three to four a week. Um, but in what has changed is that uh, there's probably more emphasis now on, on gym sessions or one-to-one sessions or individual coaching sessions or, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of, there would be a, a physio session that's probably, um, you know, you, you would have to call into and get a, get an update that could take two or three hours. So, it's it's most nights of the week uh, now, uh, whereas before you know it was you know you you're typically your 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 pitch sessions, but we would have tried to introduce. I know back in the day in Galway gyms uh, weren't weren't there pre my time, but I know we have we we introduced quite a lot of that and it become a way of life for for the players. I mean, one of the first jobs I did in Galway was to uh, uh, lease a large warehouse. And that became the base for the gym for winter training. So it's still there and players got used to all it. It was their gym then. Do you feel then, you know players inside out, you know their training regimes, are we close to kind of nearly bursting point in in terms of what is required from inter-county players, Anthony? There's a a charter out there at the moment that maybe tries to keep it in order a bit, but not every county board would be able to to meet the financial demands of of such a hectic inter-county season and not every player's body is able to withstand the compact nature of the seasons at the moment. Yeah, but I think there's a lot uh, have moved now to the guidance of your physiotherapy team or your sports and uh, your sports science teams or your strength and conditioning teams. So you have to um, 
follow the medical advice and and the, the correct training advice um and you you just you just have to build the bodies on on based on on that science you just can't just dog guys five or six nights a week on a pitch that just is not possible you will kill guys they'll burn out um so you rely a lot on on your backroom team on, on the medical side um your physiotherapy your snc guys um but there's quite a lot of talented uh, people in that area there's a huge amount of emphasis over the last 10 or 15 years on the education side for, for sports science students and i mean the education game uh, for a number of years now mm. here in, in tucson alone so yeah look at it's you know, there's a lot of of, of learning still to, to go but i i think damien um there's a lot of sense has come into it i i i would hope that um most 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 county managers and most county setups and also now club setups um like we have a club set up presently as you said in with port arlington but we we have um a physio a president of training and and there's a, a clinic where any club player can go to during the week and now that has moved on significantly than 10 years ago in club where you'd you might get a physio for the day of a big match. Mm. <laughs> no one you were playing Damien. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that was so, a big thing back then as well. Yeah, it was. But you, you in, in fairness to, to now even club players, you have to have proper um backup. Um I would say huge amount of, of, of clubs now that have ambition are conditioning their players better uh in the gyms or you know in preseason and as okay. as the championship goes on th- that also was a point as well that people did some gym preseason and stopped but now you have to combine both um while while you're in the playing days you have to I have two final questions for you just before we move on to the weekend's games Anthony as regards intercounty hurling and intercounty football what do you think of the current tactics the way both games are played out the evolution maybe of both codes yeah, the, the games have definitely evolved. There's no doubt. Um, we started football first. It, it has become more compact in that it's more defensive. Um, it's more counter-attack and teams can set up in different styles and different ways. But in the main, that it's, um, you know, it's, it's closing up shop at, at the back, um, particularly if you're playing a team that's that's mm. a better team or Division One team. Um, I, I think it has evolved significantly in that the counter-attacking style and, and game plays that are there now weren't there five and ten years ago, most definitely weren't. And, and that for me is very exciting. Uh, I don't see a huge amount of negativity. I know some some commentators do. Um, it's rare now you'd have anywhere, no, no team plays with a three-man full forward line, even though some this year have, have popped mm. four, which is unique. If there's a blanket defence, um, it's how you know there's 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 huge amount of game plays and coaching goes into beating a, sweep, a sweeper system or having patience or moving the ball from left to right. It's probably not going to be as you know as 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 attractive as a real open open end to end games. I think that day is gone. Having said that, Damien, um, I think the tactic that Kerry deployed last year in the All Ireland final of putting in very high ball. Mm. I know they had a certain David Clifford there mm. to mm. beat it. But that was an old style um, 
tactic um over the top and, and game plan over uh, yeah mm -hmm. so but that that did reap rewards and it probably highlighted maybe a, a, a deficiency in the Galway full back line and uh, but you do need the players number one to execute the kick and number two to 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 to, to feed the mark and and I think three or four points came out of that in the, in the game which was massively significant and Anthony as regards hurling then uh you know a lot of criticism over hand pass brick flick long range point and then repeat and rinse um Cheddar Plunkett said in the show two two weeks ago, hurling has never been more skillful, never been more joyful to watch. Where do you feel, just briefly? I go along with that. I think the game has become a possession game. Um, I think they've learned a lot from football. They've learned a lot from other teams, team team sports around the world as well. Um, most definitely, the ability to be able to strike and and um, find a man 10, 20, 15, 30 metres at, at, at varying distances at high speed um, if you take the Limericks, the Tipperary's, and the Galways, all okay, Kenny's, all of them can do it. The difficulty is, is having the skill to do that. Mm. Other teams try and copy that, but they just don't. Have the, it breaks down and it looks terrible and is terrible uh, if if you don't have the skill. But um, the players are really skillful. The the, the weight of the slitter is is even getting lighter. Um, yeah, it's it's usually built on on a possession game, so it's quite like football. So yeah. the ball is worked out from the back. Um, puckouts are are of huge uh, significance now, and that there's there's a lot of sharp puckouts and a lot of movement has to be generated, so you can find a man thirty meters out, twenty meters out. Okay, some might concede a very sharp puckout. Mm. Uh, so that that has that has varied massively. So I I don't think uh, I I yeah I'd, I'd be one that said yeah that it's it's very very interesting. I think you'll have less goals and. Um, you 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 definitely the scoring ability, but you do have to get into scoring areas, and you do have to walk the ball through the channels. And my final question to you personally then is: Would you get? It's I know you're very happy with Port Arlington. They have a fine side down there and have been going well in recent seasons too. Would you in the future consider going back into Inter County? And would you do anything differently if you do go back? I'd always have an open mind to be honest with you. I suppose mm. it has become. I was I was looking at um, one of your Tipperary. Um, Stalwarts uh, the other night just on the program and and, and the how the how the how the Tipperary in Bab Skeeting's time teams evolved and and came through and mm -hmm. Richard Stakelin was making the point that it just become a way of life and suppose it's it's, yeah. it's my hobby it's my life it's yeah. it's um, yeah and I, I you you have to like it and I have to love it mm -hmm. because there's a lot there's, I wouldn't let pressure and and that's to get to you but but there's a lot of work but um, enjoyable but what I would like to see Damien is you'd love to see and I think we've spoken this up, you know, several times. Uh, the likes of a Kildare and hurling, uh, the likes of Westmead and hurling. Um, all uh, you'd love to see another three to four counties um, that that the GA had a ten-year plan and pumped serious revenue into coaching in those counties. As well as that, on the football side, you take you take uh, Sligo on the twenties during the week. You have to ad admire massively the underage and the coaching and the development work that Sligo have done with the, with that team and other teams at that age. So okay. it's, it is possible to do it, and I think. Um, the blueprint is okay. there for other counties to get to. Anthony, we've about maybe just a few minutes, but can I actually throw a few fixtures at you this weekend and just yeah. get your opinion on them? And I suppose we'll get through it short and sharpish, just maybe your main insights. I'll, I will start with Sligo. Sligo against New York uh, tomorrow in Markovic Park. Any chance of an upset there or Sligo just too strong? 
Unlikely. Probably the best nice viewing that I've had in the last few weeks was on Diego to, to, to watch the, the the drama in New York. Super work by, by Johnny Glenn and his gang of men in, in New York. Uh, yeah. They will find it difficult. Sligo have improved massively yeah. and, and in the last year. And they'll, you know, it's, it's a massive prize. But um, I think New York will run them close, but it's, it'll, okay. it, it will be difficult at home. And your old county then, Ross Common, your thoughts on, on them so far and can they beat Galway on Sunday? I think Galway won't. In a way, they won't fear them, but they they do know what there's what's facing them. That that's uh, Davy Burke and, and Co have done a, a super job. Um, McHugh and his backroom team, mm. but in the players especially, I think they really they really upped their game last weekend or two weekends ago for for yeah. Mayo, and I think they'll do the same this weekend. Galway. Uh, we'll find it difficult, but probably have that extra piece of scoring power uh, with Comer back, um, uh, you know, Walsh in the foot forward line. So it will be difficult for for Galway. It will be it will be very very close. Um, but you you know, if Galway were to go anywhere, they'll okay. want to be winning that. Can can you see Cavan putting one over Armagh? I think it'll be difficult. Armagh are very well set up. May not score enough or as much as other counties, but you won't get through the the, the okay. Armagh defence. And I think Armagh are waiting, you know, to this. Having said that, Cavan uh, did did look impressive in the league and in the league final. Um, but this is this is another step up for them. But I think um, Armagh will get over that one. Anthony have down a great chance against Donegal. They have. It's unfortunate. You know, off-field stuff in, in Donegal, they're a fine side. And over the years that I was there with Roscommon, we would always play, um, you know, we'd always play uh, Donegal with our second team or development team, maybe the weekend if there was a break in the league, or we'd play midweek, um, you know, with Declan sure. Boner. And, and and there was great camaraderie there. And and they helped us out. And we, we went there for a few camps and they came down to us and stuff. So it's just disappointing. They're a huge mm. uh, football county. But I think... Um, that that match could go, go, could go anyway, but Donegal are down um, have a great chance of, of of winning that one. Anthony, there's four games in Leinster. Um, you know uh, they speak for themselves. Look at it. I mean, there is potential shocks there. I wonder could awfully turn over Meath. Um, Leash are going to find it hard against Dublin. Kildare, you would would imagine will have enough for Wicklow, but uh, you, you just don't know. And Westmeath, Loud could be a cracker. Could I just get your thoughts on those four games as one package there? Yeah, Kildare, Wicklow. Could, Wicklow could spring a surprise. Um, Soundings from Kildare aren't as good as you'd expect. Mm. They have a lot of high quality players, very good setup, um, excellent management team, and they put in huge work. But for they've had a poor league, so yeah, look at um, if the, if there was to be a surprise, it it would it it could be that one. Okay. Uh, you would imagine, yeah, Dublin will have too much for Leash, even though some fine footballers in Leash, but yeah, um, and it's at home in in, in Omore Park. But Dublin really probably are the one of the top two favourites for the All Ireland, so it's All going right. to be very difficult. Meads um, haven't fl- haven't haven't fired, so but you'd expect it they'll get over that match. Look, Leinster hurling, um, you know, I think probably Kilkenny should have enough for Westmead. Uh, Galway, you would imagine, in current form, should have enough for Wexford, and Antrim Dublin would be close. But Michal Dunahu, um would be hoping to get off to a good start there in charge yeah. of Dublin. Yeah, Antrim have had some good displays in the league. There are some pundits who would say if there's to be a shock in the hurling this weekend, it, it could be um, Antrim to turn over Dublin. Um, you'd expect Galway would have too much firepower, but 
probably Galway Hurland folk are a bit disappointed that a couple mm. of new players haven't emerged. Mm. Uh, Henry Shefflin has tried several players over the league and Galway, Galway would, would have wanted um, a couple of more players to put their hands up. But again, it's... Um, yeah, they, they, it's it's it, you never know with with Wexford. Um, they, they were in preseason, were poor in early parts of the league. They, the goal played them in Walsh Cup, and I thought the match was really poor stand up from from a Wexford point of view. So they will come there with a big fight. Okay, and finally, Munster hurling, um, Waterford Limerick and Clare versus Tip. Off you go, Anthony. Yeah, it, it, uh, David Fitz and Waterford probably will find it hard against Limerick. Limerick are a machine, very very hard to break down. I yeah I I would say Limerick on that one, but uh, Tipperary Clare I would go for Tipperary. I thought their performance against Limerick uh, and in the league, uh, yeah, while they fell short at the very very finish was very strong, and yeah, I, there, there is going to be a kick in in, in Tipperary this year. Anthony Cunningham, thanks so much for your time, and we'll chat to you again in the season later on with the championship. Thank you, folks. Thank you so much. That's Anthony Cunningham, one of the great GA managers on the scene. And now joining us is one of the greatest hurlers in the game. Earlier this week, I sat down with Borgash Energy Ambassador Garod Hegarty. We had a chat about the season ahead and the strength of the Limerick panel came up in conversation. They look like they are stronger than ever. Facing onto it for Limerick is Keane Lynch, a point scored already. He's on the 13 metre line, just trying to give the hand pass through to Hegarty. Hegarty firing the shot in. Limerick have got a goal here. Two minutes gone. Last year's hurler of the year, Garod Hegarty it's actually different from what a lot of people think from now on it'll actually be much quieter because obviously you're not training as long and there's a lot of days off for rest recovery so on and so forth and you obviously have your match at the weekend so we were training yesterday to get a crowns and I actually got sunburnt it was a it was a big change because we were training last Tuesday night and body warmers and hats and everything on it was freezing cold so thank god the weather seems to be changing a small bit and you know championship notice Sunday and it'll be you obviously have four games over the space of maybe five or six weeks and that's what that's what you do the hard slog for in Rekiel, you know over, yeah. the, over the pre-season so and I suppose science probably plays a huge part in this like I mean it's probably a format that we're still kind of getting used to Covid knocked it out a little bit too but it's just like basically a tournament really isn't it in a short space of time it isn't like the way the way it's set up and in any sport teams are going to pick up injuries over the next couple of weeks and you know we are always confident that we have a very deep panel uh, luckily enough, we had a we were a bit unlucky last year, obviously with injuries that were well documented. But thankfully, this time of year, I think we had I don't know how many lads it was thirty six, thirty seven lads togged out there the other night of training. So hopefully we can keep it that way as for as long as possible. Obviously we're going to pick up the niggles here and there, but hopefully we can avoid the long term stuff. Um, and you know we're always confident that we have a deep panel, and we've it's always been an next man up policy in our in our squad. If a man goes down, it opens the door for somebody yeah. else, and that's just the way it is. And you've got to get on with it. And the way the championship is is designed, but all the different games, your squad is so important. The city would appear to have changed a fair bit to, to me as a Tipperary man looking in over the years. Like your identity is completely, completely different now. Um, the business in the town all the tourist attractions uh, this, but the sport is second to none as well it is and uh, like as you said I'm, I, I love all sports and I love I love growing up watching Munster the Paul O'Connell days and I used to go to Tone Park a lot and when I was growing up though it was like you it was all Munster jerseys and it was all yeah. soccer jerseys nowadays the majority of things you see is young fellas with young, young boys and young girls with limit jerseys on with a hurley in their hand and it's you know it's great to see and it's obviously it's it's uh, you know, it's, it's, I suppose it's a result of the success we've had over the last number of years. When you're a young person, you want to 
you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I idolised sports, sports stars when I was younger and mm-hmm. I idolised them curlers when I was younger, but obviously there's a lot, lot more kids nowadays in around Limerick that are, I suppose, idolising the, the current Limerick senior hurling team. So hopefully that will produce, that will keep the, the production line flowing and it'll produce more and more success for us over the next... God knows how many years. I was just chatting to Kevin McKernan, a down footballer last week, and his father, uh, Brendan, won an All-Ireland in 1991. Um, and I was asking him, like, was his dad a, a kind of a, a quiet dad in terms of sport, let you find your own way? What was Ger like for you? Did he let you find your own way? Yeah. Without a doubt. He yeah. was never, he, and still to this day, he's not meant to put pressure on you whatsoever. He's, the one thing I always remember him saying, as long as I, long as I remember going to games, is just do your best. You know, that's all he would say to us. And he'd, he'd bring you everywhere, he'd bring you to... In fairness, well, my man was actually the, the, the taxi the taxi, <laughs> the taxi, taxi service for going to games when we were younger. But he would, no, he was never one to give out to you about doing this or doing that. He'd always let you find your own way. And once you did, he'd just ask, whether it was exams in school or going out playing a game, whether it was a, a challenge game or not out in final, even to this day, he'd ring me and just say, look, do your best and that's all you can do. Even since you joined the Limerick squad, like the game of hurling has changed the style, the the, the way it's played, the positioning, the the tactics. Do you find it fascinating? Uh, what way do you think of of the modern game? Um, is it different to when you started out? Even it is, but sport always changes in every no matter what sport you're talking about. Obviously, like it's you watch any like I I always talk about the GA gold over COVID when they were showing the games on TG Carr. It's like a different sport, mm. you know, and that was the. That was the best of the best playing the sport at that time of year. But like my mm. father even says, the hurling in the nineties compared to now, it is a different sport and it's better now. And it's always yeah. sport is yeah. always adapting, it's always changing. Teams are always looking to improve yeah. and improve and improve, and it, it it brings in freshness. You probably see different teams throwing in curveballs this year and in the Munster Championship, Leinster Championship, in the football championship. Teams are always trying to adapt and, and, and look for an edge, and, and that's the way sport has always been, no matter what sport you're talking about. And that's just GA. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be worried. I think the sports, I think Carlin and and uh, is in a great place. Yeah, I'd say skill wise, like yeah. in terms of the touch and that, it's never been better. No. Um, did you get a break then last year? You went back to maybe St. Pat's after the yeah. the All Ireland, and maybe the, the Junior Championship finished yeah. maybe early enough. But what did you do in your months? Can you switch off in Limerick at all, or can you get away? Uh, I always say it's it's obviously crazy for a couple of weeks after the All Ireland final. It was it was even it was the craziest last year because. With the COVID year the crowds back. and twenty twenty one, they probably didn't see us a lot. And then obviously last year was nearly like three three All Irelands in one for the for the supporters. So mm. there was a few homecomings and the week of the the week of the Ireland's always mad anyway. Um but after a couple of weeks it does it does die down and uh I suppose you get to you get to relax and we had a disappointing unfortunately we had a disappointing club championship last year, but in one sense it's it's it, it was a positive going into this year because I got a really, really good break. Right, yeah. I was pretty much off for, for three months and uh that's important too. It girls. is. Oh, it's huge. I always like. I always say that if you don't come back fresh and ready to go, like if you're not maybe four or five weeks out from your return date, looking forward to going back, then you know maybe you have you you haven't got as, as much of a break or you haven't enjoyed your time off as much as you haven't. <laughs> With Texas and all that nowadays, I always come back. Amanda's <laughs> enjoyed his off season. Did you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think you're entitled yeah. to that. I suppose you've watered for it at the weekend. It's in Turles. Uh, will you will you get nervous before that game the, the night before? Will you will you get a sound sleep? Uh, have you got kind of routine for yourself? Because to be fair, when you do play matches, you just seem to hit the ground running very very quickly in games. You know, you do. Well, we do, but you're always nervous. Like you're always you always have doubts. You'd always have nerves, but you know you just got to deal with them. But mm. nerves are a good thing. You know, nerves. Yeah keep you on edge and mm-hmm. you know I suppose it shows that what you're about to do means something it means a lot to you and 
you know, you just got to deal with them as best you can. Thankfully, I think this is my thing. Is that a while ago? I think this is going to be my eighth year on the panel. It goes quick. Yeah, it goes very quick. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you're racking up a lot of championship appearances and you've, yeah. you you know, you learn enough from every single game. And um, and you've been a congested middle third, particularly mm. against Waterford. They'll be well set up. Mm. Is it just important maybe to keep your head up the whole time? I suppose the awareness you guys have, people coming off your shoulder the whole time, yeah. you're, you're, you know, it's a tried and trusted pattern. Yeah, look, we'll be well prepared. We know that they're... We know what well. We know a lot of what they're mm-hmm. going to bring. I'm sure they'll they'll probably bring some things that we that we haven't seen. Um, yeah. But look, that's that's to, that's top level sport for you. Can't go into a game knowing exactly what the opposition is going to do. You know, so it'll be a great game for sure, without a doubt. Yes, that was Garod Hegarty there. What a hurler he is to watch at his height. And uh, at his peak as well, it has to be said. This was also the week that the GPA called for a female intercounty players charter. It comes in the midst of the proposed integration process between the GEA, Camogie Association and the LGFA. We caught up with CEO Tom Parsons just to get an update on the latest developments. It is one year since the integration motion was passed. Now, I know the governing bodies, through a fantastic chair, Mary McAleese, is working hard to really, I suppose, listen to the challenges that are on the ground. And that needs to happen. But in tandem with that, there needs to be initiatives um, to drive equality and to drive change. And I think that will only be positive in terms of showing how progressive the integration ambitions are with the governing bodies. So there's two things. I do think it will take time, integration. Um, but along the journey, there's there's opportunities to achieve milestones and I think one of the milestones really is is addressing the inequality for female intercounty players because of all the playing membership playing the intercounty game requires you to travel over all around the country all around your county uh, incur significant costs um, take on a different training load to play at the octane that we see in Crow Park and that all takes um, you know a lot of cost and you know a lot of effort and a lot of resources and unfortunately, you know, the, the, the LGV and the Camogie Association and, and working with their county boards are certainly doing the best they can to provide the resources for female players. Um, but what it takes is the three governing bodies working together to share the resources, to share the facilities, to share the infrastructure, uh, to really drive drive equality. So we can see this, you know, what, what we have, Damien, in Gaelic Games is a huge opportunity to be world leaders in equality. Why? Because we're an amateur game. You know, you look at uh, other sports around the world, they're professional, they have massive contracts with male players. It's so hard to drive equality and equalised treatment of male and female players. We don't have that in Gaelic games. We're, in, we're a fantastic social amateur game and we, can, we, we really have an opportunity to be able to authentically say that, you know, we have equal investment, we see equal recognition and opportunity for male and female players. So it's a big step because this is a data-led report that we're launching you know every single intercounty player participated in the survey um, and, and gave objective and subjective data so that's really important mm-hmm. uh, some of the big ones uh, you know like there's players that are they're, they're paying you know uh, up on 220 euros uh, a year on, on physio bills um, you know through their insurance schemes unfortunately you can't claim some of that back and not all of it back and uh, if you do it's the end of year so young players who are students or early mm-hmm. professionals you know they just can't front that bill and we even have some data that players, you know, aren't able to attend training because of the cost of putting putting you know fuel into into a car. So this certainty of 
minimum standards needs to happen. We've got a player's charter in the men's game where the Donegal hurlers should be treated the same as the Dublin footballers. Yeah, Tom Parsons there, uh, GPA CEO. Well, that's it for this week's show, folks. The programme was produced by Damien O'Mara. Sheila Neville was on sound. From myself, Damien Lawler, stay safe and we'll chat again next week.